Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Good morning, baseball fans here in Chicago and listening around the globe on 670 The Score. 670thescore.com. Live from the Hyundai Studios, this is Hit and Run. The Score's venerable baseball show. I am Barry Rosner, and my partner in perpetuity is Joe Ostrowski. We'll be with you until 1245, taking you up to Cubs baseball right here on your radio home for the Chicago Cubs. Good morning, Joe. Mr. Rosner, what time is the MJ LeBron debate? And what time will Ovi be showing up at the Cup? Because he's everywhere drunk, and it's great. Oh, man. (laughs) If you haven't seen the videos of Alex Ovechkin enjoying himself around D.C. It's like only him, right? He's he's always there, you know? The weight of the world has been lifted off of his shoulders, off of his back, and he is letting loose. He is one mad Russian, let me tell you. No, he's not anymore. Well, mad as in crazy. crazy. Yes. He has, he has, uh, he doesn't care. That's the beautiful, he doesn't care who's watching, what he's doing, where he's going, who's seeing it. And nobody else cares. No. No, Nobody in D.C. Do what you want. You've got the run of the play. You earned it. It's yours. Go wherever you want. Get as drunk as you want. Um, MJ and LeBron. Really? Where's, is that? Is that still a thing? It, still doing that thing? Well, that's new. That's new. People, that's a. That's, well, that's, no, that's, really. Chicago fans embarrassing themselves taking victory laps. But whatever. Move on. Let's talk baseball. Yeah, let's. Why don't we? Because there's some really good stuff to talk about. Here's what we have planned for you today. As always, lots of Cubs and White Sox conversation with you in the first hour and throughout the show, all throughout the show. We hope you'll join us at 312-644-6767. At 10 o'clock, we talk Phillies with Joe Giglio of Sports Radio WIP in Philadelphia. That should be interesting. Another be. really <laughs> strange week for Jake Arietta. Uh, we'll get to some of that shortly. He, was, are, he wasn't happy yesterday either when he was pulled no, in the game. No. And uh, Joe wrote a piece about the two big free agents maybe going to the Phillies. He's hearing some things. Ooh, I bet I know who one of them is. Uh, I will let you tease me, find out who the other one might be. At 11 o'clock, we'll spend some time with White Sox scouting director Nick Hostetler. Talk about the draft that took place this week. At noon, it's our weekly visit with the scores. Very own Bruce Levine. Our producer, director, engineer, and intern is Eli Hershkovich. I am at Barry Rosner on Twitter. Joe is at Joe0670, the hit-and-run account. Is hit and run 670. You should follow that for show updates. The phone number, as you know, is 312-644-6767. You can also join in at 67011 via the text zone on the score. If you text us, you'll get a text back acknowledging your text. Standard message and data rates may apply. Joe Ostrowski, did you enjoy Chicago Cubs baseball yesterday? Because I did. I'm always amused when the Cubs win a game that is in a fashion in which you can win playoff games, but that people think is boring or they think is not uh, is not appropriate for today's style of baseball when you need grand slams in order for it to be exciting. It's a great way to win a playoff game. Been talking about it for for a decade on this show. If you can catch the ball... And you can pitch the ball, you can win a lot. Wait, of wait, wait. Are we talking win. about the Cubs or the White Sox? Talking about the Cubs. Okay, because the White Sox could not catch the ball yeah. 
and, and Rodon looked pretty good, and we'll get to him coming up. But yeah, you know, my big takeaway from that Cubs game yesterday was John Lester is still an ace. And, yeah. le- and let's not forget that because sometimes we pass it up because people are worried about the Nationals and what they have at the top of the rotation as Steven Strasburg goes in the DL once again yesterday. Yep. Uh, let's not forget what you have in John Lester because every time he's on the bump, there aren't any concerns. Even if he doesn't have his best stuff, you know that he's going to give you six strong innings and at most, for the most part, a few runs. And he went against a team yesterday that has hit him hard in the past. And really, the Cubs shouldn't have scored three runs because that error in the first, Marte falling on his backside, called was a, a two-run error. Yeah. It was a two-run error. It's called a double, but you're right. Yeah, that was – I mean, now Hayward has all the luck in the world. I mean, by the letter of the law, it's correctly scored a double by the way that, that the scorers are taught to score. But, yes, you're right. That should not have happened. And then we have flashbacks to a couple of years ago in right field. I mean, these Pirates outfielders, they just seem to fall into these holes <laughs> sitting out in Wrigley Field. But – it just reminds me that John Lester doesn't give get the credit that he so richly deserves. And what he's doing this year is kind of mind-boggling. I, I know it's just over a third of the way through the season, and he's sitting here with a 2-2-2 ERA. But what he's been doing, he looks like Lester in his prime. And I know you can look at some peripherals and point out and say, oh, no, Joe, that's really not the case. His XFIP is up. I, I'm just saying, look at the results that we've had so far. And sometimes we get caught into these baseball reference wormholes. After the game, I got caught in a wormhole. I started going through John Lester's game log for every season. And yesterday was the fourth time that he has allowed two hits or fewer this season. Okay. How many times do you think he did that last year? Out of 32 starts. Two hits or fewer? Yes. None? Zero. 2016, how many? World Series, 32 starts, regular season. Zero? One. You have to go back to 2010 was the last time that he had four starts where he allowed two hits or fewer. Wow. 2009-2010. As we know, John Lester back in his prime, and and look at what he's doing now. I know it's in the National League, and I know teams to, like the Mets don't have the greatest offenses, but these are still major league clubs. You don't have to qualify it. Don't feel like I, you have I, to qualify it. But I just that. know what the brushback is going to be well, immediately, let, let so him, I just want to shut it down. Let him. Watch a game. If you watch a game, this is a guy who knows how to pitch, and it's still major league baseball. I don't care what team you're facing. You can get your brains beat in by the Padres. I mean, how good you is can, Meadows? You can. You I mean, the Pirates are constantly every year. We're talking about a big prospect coming up. This is this is Major League Baseball. These are Major League hitters. You can get your brains beat in by anybody if your location is bad and your stuff is no good. Get your brains beat in by anybody. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to qualify it. If you say a guy's given up two or fewer hits four times already this year, out of thirteen starts, that's awfully good. It's unbelievable. And sometimes we just. Run past John Lester going into the season. It was, well, maybe Cal Hendricks is really the ace, but Lester's the veteran. He's one of the leaders on this team, so we're going to give him the opening day start. No, John Lester is still an ace. Maybe he's not going eight or nine like Max Scherzer, but he's an ace. You asked me before the season even started, as we were talking about playoff baseball, and you said, who's your game one starter? 
you know, we were we were messing around. We we're just talking about playoff matchups and things. You said, "Who's your game one starter for the Cubs?" And I said, "John Lester." I mean, I didn't even blink. I, that's not even that wouldn't even be a question. I don't think unless unless there, something had occurred this year. I mean, on this staff, the only other possibility would have been you Darvish if you Darvish had had some extraordinary season to the point where you where he was the guy you you really thought you were getting when you spent 155 million. I mean, that guy's capable of being so dominant that he could give you no choice. But otherwise there wasn't any doubt in my mind who number one guy was. Yeah. John Lester knows how to pitch. He's not afraid. Those things matter. You know where he's gonna he's gonna work hitters every single game. You know what he's gonna do to lefties. Nobody you know what's happening. In, nobody pitches inside anymore. Nobody. Because first of all, everyone everyone, you know, stares out at the mound or throws a bat or charges a mound. You're not allowed to throw inside anymore, right? Plus guys well, not are, in Cubs Pirates, because then the game's gonna stop and Hurdle's gonna have thoughts for you after the game and before the game with Bob Nightingale. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. And then, and you have a whole generation of pitchers that just doesn't know how to use the inside portion of the plate. They just don't know how to do it. Or they just refuse to do it. They're afraid yeah. to do it. Yeah. John Lester pitches inside. Especially to righties. He gets them off the plate. Or uses his cutter in on their hands. And he goes down and away to lefties. You know, you can... You can say his stuff really isn't top of the rotation stuff anymore. Some people will argue that. Well, there's a lot of guys who have pitched really late into their 30s getting a lot of guys out without top of the rotation stuff and pitching like a top of the rotation guy. I don't know what's going to happen the rest of this year, but it, it, it's been impressive. Well, been all, impressive. all I know is you just have to take a step back and say, after all the complaining that we make, and and some of it is legitimate, especially with the about, rotation about about the Cubs. They're sitting here with thirteen games above five hundred, mm-hmm. and they have half of a rotation. So, <laughs> how how are they doing this? Well, offensively, they're near the top of all of baseball in just about every category. And sure, the offense looks erratic by the run scoring at times because of the situational hitting or lack thereof. And then lately, what? You've gotten good performances from your starting pitching, and part of that is Mike Montgomery. Well, you're you're right. We'll get and we'll get to Montgomery in just a second. But the starting pitching has been much more consistent, catching the baseball a lot better. Just put those two things together; it's a great way to win games. Sure, you say it over and over and over and over again, and people love the grand slam and and launch angle. And let's drop our right shoulder and see how far we can hit. Catch the baseball, pitch it well, and yesterday you get you get a ground out to first and a sack fly, and there's your two runs. Manufacture, you win a game. Yeah, with one guy on that fall in left center field was a two run error, really, even though it wasn't called a two run error. And on the other side, Kingham, he was excellent. He was excellent. Yep, deserve better. Deserve better for sure. The point is this though. Joe has talked about it over, and, you know, there are things I don't particularly care for about Joe Madden. There's a lot of things I really do like, and one of them is he has, in his own Joe Madden sort of way, beat his team over the head with this idea for the last 
six weeks that you can't just try to hit a home run every single at bat. Yesterday, ground out to first, sack fly, win a game. Oh, Joe wow, was boring. the first one on the top step. He loved every second of that. Okay, yeah, we'll take the 2 nothing lead you just gave us. He's begging his players to hit the ball the other way. I mean, outside of that Saturday night marathon against the Mets, which was last week? That was last week. Last weekend, Saturday. Yeah, where they struck out, you know, 40, times, 48 yeah. times. <laughs> no, that was the Yankees their, game. Their, their approach has been much better. They're listening to him. Here's the funny part. He's got Chris Bryant leading. There it is. That's what I was waiting for. Yeah. Because he's just trying to get him to think a different way. With very few exceptions, every single Chris Bryant at bat this year has been the same thing. No matter the situation. He's had a lot of chances to win games. But he's trying to hit a grand slam. He's had a lot of chances to win games. But he's trying to hit it 500 feet. He's had a lot of chances to win games, but he's dropping it right shoulder, his right shoulder, and it's all about launch angle. And he is this is this is Joe Madden's way of saying, change your thinking. It doesn't mean he can't be an MVP. It doesn't mean he can't hit fifty home runs. It's just there's a time and a place. We talk about this all the time. There's a time and a place. Early in account, nobody on base, inside fastball. But late in the game. Runners in scoring position, tie game, chance to win a game, two strikes. You don't have to hit it 500 feet. How about just winning the baseball game? And there was one uh, week or two ago where he dropped one into right field, and it was the game-winning hit. That was the Friday Mets game, yeah. Was that last week? Yeah. And then Saturday's back to the same thing again. But I, but that's what this is about. That's what this this leading on. I don't I don't even know. I've been busy the last few days. I don't even know what Joe said about it. But that's what this is about. This is Joe Madden's very very clever way of getting Chris Bryant to 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 get out of the rut that he's in and thinking the exact same way on every single swing and just go back to playing baseball. Do you think he'll be up is there it? today? Um, I've secretly kind of liked it the last couple of days, even though Bryant is struggling and we don't care for his approach. You want that guy at the plate. And there's been a few times, turn that lineup over, two outs in the inning, Bryant's up there for you. I, yeah. I, I don't mind it because of the depth of this lineup. And yesterday when they did get those two Eli runners says in, that uh, Baez is leading off today. Oh, geez. <laughs> So, you, I just wanted to stop you before you tried to develop a thought there no. or, or continued one. No, I was just going to say that uh, we are giving them credit for what they did in that first inning, but it was also probably two guys that consistently have the best approach on this team in Zobrist and Rizzo. So there's well, a little little bit of that too. No question about it. Guys who are willing, and it doesn't, and again, doesn't mean Anthony Rizzo doesn't want to hit home runs. He hits home runs. He'll hit a lot this year, just like he does every year. But it's about approach, time and a place. We talk about it every week. Makes people mad. They want grand slams. The only way to win a baseball game is hit a grand slam. The only way you can play the game. Who had that's that grand slam the other day? Who called that? I'd like to know. There's a time and a place. When you have two strikes and... The pitcher's throwing soft away. You want to try to pull the ball 500 feet when it's soft away? I mean, it's just, it's, 
it's amazing that guys get so brainwashed into believing they have to do things a certain way. When clearly winning baseball games is okay. It's okay to just win them this way. Ground out the first. Sack fly. Win a game. It's amazing. That's all they needed. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Cub fans, are you done with the panic? A few weeks ago, there was quite a bit of panic, Joe. I don't know if you remember that. Remember how mad people were? I mean, if you were mad at their approach, I get it. If you were mad that their starting pitching was terrible, I get it. But as I said at the time, you're still going to win this division. Still going to be a playoff team. Question is, no how, question. Do want, how do you want to play come playoff time? What are you going to be ready to do come playoff time? What's going to be your approach? 312-644-6767. Matt, Joe, and Joey. We'll get to you next. We'll get to Mike Montgomery. Lots more that happened in the Cub game yesterday. Carlos Rodon, the White Sox, their draft, Nick Hostetler at 11. There's much to do, Joe. We are busy as always, so let's take a quick break. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Back with Hit and Run in just a moment. Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the score. This hour is brought to you by Horowitz and Horowitz, Illinois' top personal injury lawyers. Let's go out to the phones, and it's Matt in River North. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Hey, fellas. You know, I agree 100% with you about approach. If you notice, two of the last three teams to win the World Series struck out the least in baseball. And when the Cubs won the World Series, they struck out the eighth least. They went from 30th in 2015 to eighth. So obviously there's a concerted effort to try to put the ball in play. And Rizzo's two-strike approach is outstanding. So that's one of the reasons I think they signed Zobrist. Um, if you talk to any batting coach, and I knew a few, a few of the Pirates batting coach, he implored his guys to put the ball in play, to have a two-strike plan. And I think that's what Madden's trying to get these guys to do. It might be harder with some of the guys that they have, but it, it's, it's, it's critical not to strike out. Like guys like Adam Dunn, you can't win with a player like that on your team. He's going to kill you. Thanks for your call, Matt. Um, there's no question that a two-strike approach, a basic two-strike approach, is something that you learn in Little League. It's something that you, you are absolutely forced to adopt in high school. Your college coaches won't won't even won't even play you if you if you you know wouldn't play team baseball. And in the minor leagues, you're certainly it, it's certainly the way that you're supposed to play the game. But suddenly you get to the big leagues, and it's all about launch angle, and it's just every single chance you get, swing as hard as you can, and drop your right shoulder and see how far you can hit it. I mean, that's that's why I was surprised to see Javi Baez in the leadoff spot after the last two days. I'm I mean, going look, with Chris Bryant. There are some guys. <laughs> there's some guys who're just not going to change, right? But sure. Chris Chris Bryant's a great hitter. Chris Bryant's a great hitter, of course. And I and and you know he's an MVP. He's a rookie of the year. He you could have made a case for him for MVP last year. He's going to be in that conversation every single year. He is a wonderful hitter. He just got in a rut. But and Joe's and he, talked about it, and now his actions are show, have shown you over the last couple of days. He's trying to change it up for him a little bit, just his mentality going to the plate, and now he's going to see how he reacts after 
leading off for two days. Now he puts him back at the three-hole today. Sometimes just a shock to the system can yeah. change the way you look at everything. Sometimes a move like that actually might – I mean, it, it could be that Bryant was paying lip service, not intentionally, but was paying lip service to the idea of trying to, to, trying to correct his approach. Maybe it's something like this that shocks him to the point where – as he's standing there leading off a game, he's actually thinking about getting the ball in play somewhere. So, I mean, you know, whatever it is, whatever whatever effect it may have for whatever reason that it does, or maybe it has none at all, it's not. It's worth a try, right? Certainly. And I think that's one of the great things about Joe is that he's just he's willing to he's willing to consider just about anything if he thinks it might have some effect, some positive effect. And a, and a move like this during this series when they're playing well isn't going to It's probably not going to cost them any games. Yeah, what is this going to be? The sixth or eighth series in a row they've lost. We were just waiting for it to happen. Then it finally happened. Um, but you you have guys in this lineup that don't have great approaches, and you know this, and we don't know that it's going to change. It's never going to change for Javi Bias. Is that fair to say? Are we there? Well, you know, uh, I I made a big deal out of his one at bat on a Saturday night against Saturday afternoon against Atlanta early in the season or maybe three weeks into the season, something like that, when they came back from whatever it was, 10 down. Yeah, yeah, when he went up the middle. And I made a big deal out of that. And I thought, you know, that that could signal something. And you want to know, for about a week after that, maybe 10 days after that, he was consistently hitting the ball the other way. Then it just stopped completely. Well, then I did just, the same thing. So I don't in know if April. that makes me stupid or just an optimist. I did the same thing. Maybe in April. I'm a stupid optimist. <laughs> but, it, but it's that is that no, is no. You're not that. That is su- the optimist part. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's definitely come to no. I definitely come. I done the same thing. I did it in April. It was a couple weeks into the season. He had a handful of walks. Said, wait, wait, wait. What's what's happening here? If Javi Baez is going to continue to do this, this is ridiculous. And then he went two months without walking. Two months. It's like okay. They had a parade. This makes more sense. They had a parade when he had that. Was that on? Uh... Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play it. When did he finally get one? His first walk a, a not a not in, unintentional. Yeah, yeah. When was that? This week? Sometime? It was last week. They was it together. last Saturday night? Was that in that Mets game? May have been on that Saturday night. It wasn't Degrom? I doubt it was Degrom. No, oh, it had to be later. One of the other bums. <laughs> the Mets are so bad. Would you, well, do you think Hap will ever change his approach? He's at a strikeout rate of forty percent. He is very young in terms of his Major League Baseball experience. That's why I ask. So he absolutely has plenty of time to change. Absolutely. I mean, look, that has to be a team thing too, Joe. You can't just always – you can't always put it on the player entirely in this day and age because they have agents, they have business managers, they have personal trainers, they have – personal coaches and they have all these people telling them this is how you make a lot of money in the game you and i have discussed at length that maybe maybe that whole thing is coming to an end as well and certainly last year's free agency might suggest that we'll see how much different it is this year but you have all these people telling them you must do it this way because this is how you're going to make a lot of money and this is what teams want from you 
Well, teams have got to they've they've got to sit the players down and say this isn't the only way to play baseball. Also depends on what kind of a guy you're dealing with, and that's why that's one of Joe's greatest strengths is being able to communicate with individual players. So, um, yeah, May thirty first was that. Uh, that was the last Javi Baez. Yeah, he, so he went six, seven weeks there. Yeah. Because I believe the one before that was it April was... 11th. <laughs> so you know what? You, you follow what I'm saying here? Like you have to, as a team at some point, and during the season is not always the easiest thing to do, but it, as a team at some point, as an organization, in your exit meetings, that's one of the things you talk about is what you want from that guy next year, and you give him the winter to think about what the approach should be. And when like. they had their exit meetings, they didn't know who the hitting coach was, right? I don't think they knew that. It, my guess is they had no idea whether Ian Happ was even going to be on this team. That'd be my guess. Hmm. Yeah. So um, it also depends on the player. They're, you know, I know, uh, I know we like to think that these guys are not human beings, but they are. They're all different. They all think different. They all are different emotionally. Some can take a lot of abuse. Some can't take any, or they'll just crumble and go away. Some can take criticism. Some want criticism. Some want honesty. Some want to be slapped in the face with the honesty because they need that wake-up call, and they're like, oh, my God, thank you. I had no idea how bad it had gotten. Thank you for smacking me in the face. And some guys need a big hug. And they need they need a lot of love, and they so I mean they're all different. And and, so, and Chili Davis is probably just figuring out about all of these guys after spending a few months with them. You you can't call them in the off season, but okay, this is what I want you to work on for this next season. You do need to improve this part of your game. Who are you? I won a World Series recently. What? No, right? right. That's opposite of what I've been working on for two years with John Maley. No. It's a very fair point. We got to get to Mike Montgomery and um, <laughs> some funny. Are you laughing? Because some funny things that happened this week. Because uh, three for thirty-eight, right in the toilet. Is that why you're laughing? The Chatwood thing is just. Oh man! It's, and they're they say, "Oh, it looks better." No, it doesn't. Seven walks. Does it look better to throw over the right-handed hitter's head three times in a game? <laughs> I mean, is that good? Because then you're getting better. Then things are working. <laughs> Who said it looked better? Joe! <laughs> who do you think? Wow. <laughs> I must have forgotten what it looked like the game before that. Oh, man. It's just... That's just... That's... Um... All right, what is it? It's June 10th. Well, that's that's a that's a decent sample so far. Yeah, he's been out there every fifth day, and he can't throw a strike. Yeah, like not. So he had no idea where no idea where it's going. Yeah, none. Yeah, I'd but, hate to hit against him. Well, that can be effective. <laughs> that can be effective for you as a pitcher. Actually, like it's astounding his ERA with the amount of runners he gets on base. How many? It's how astounding. Many, how many times has he left the bases loaded? Should have been keeping track of that. Good thing he has some nasty stuff. Uh, yeah, we got to get to we got to get to Montgomery and um, and 
We'll talk some more about Chatwood and the rest of the Cubs rotation. I want to get to Carlos Rodon. There's lots of really interesting White Sox stuff happening. Yeah. And um, we'll take your calls. I see many of you want to talk about the Cubs. If you'd like to talk about the White Sox and their draft or the uh, the first start for Carlos, Carlos Rodon, you're welcome to do that as well. Um, and Dylan Covey outduels Chris Sale. What is happening? It's been really good. Hope you didn't bet on that. Minus 300? No thanks. <laughs> I'll take a pass on the Red Sox minus 300. Isn't that what the pros do, though? Don't they look at a game like that and say... Go the other way? No. Say, I'll just... I'll, I'll, I'll bet 300 to win 100, except I'll do it 10 times. Yeah. Covey's been pitching well. Yep. I'm not going to go against that right now. I'm trying... I have an interesting We're all trying to see what that is. I have an interesting note for you about Dylan Covey. So we'll do that when we come back in in just a moment. Northwestern football coach Fitz and the Wildcats host Michigan, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Illinois, and more this fall at Ryan Field. Tickets are on sale now at nusports.com. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Pitch sliders inside of Frazier. It took a call third strike his first time up. It is a big club. You guys are right. Right. It's it's Maddox like. It's almost like um, glove that a lacrosse goalie wears. Oh yeah. Size thing. The glove is so big. It's like the big hands episode in Seinfeld. I mean, it just sticks out. She had man hands. Man hands. The hands of a man. Would you like some bread, Jerry? No, no thanks. I'm just not hungry. Well, then at least drink your beer. You have a little something on your face. I can get it. No, 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 you're missing it. It's higher. Make a wish. I don't want to. Make a wish. Okay. Didn't come true. Don't you just love lobster? What's your take on Empress? Barry, when you hear that, don't you just see those massive fans just breaking the lobster across the table? You have a little something on your face. Oh, yeah. I can get no, it. Don't touch me. Don't touch my face. Your blisters. That's Joe Ostrowski. I'm Barry Rosner. This is Hit and Run on the Score. I'm such an easy mark. You guys, uh, you guys know the way, the way to my heart. I saw people and talking just, about it on Twitter. The Mets broadcast is using Seinfeld references. It's like, oh, Eli, you got to get that. Well, Darling's totally a Seinfeld guy. Yeah. Well, how could you live there? And Plus, he's a Mets fan, and he used yeah. to go to the games. Yeah. I mean, he probably still does go to the games. I don't know. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Uh, this is Hit and Run. We're with you until 1245 coming up today. 11 o'clock, Nick Hostetler. No, check that. 10.30. As I was just moved him while I was saying it, Eli. What Nick happened? Hostetler, 10.30. I was totally ignoring what he was telling us during the break because I just can't well, deal with Eli during the show. That's the best policy. Just, just during the show you can't deal with Eli? Okay. I'm, okay I'm Eli, trying. what's the weather in Washington today, by the way? I know it's not good here. Do you have uh, Washington, D.C. We weather today? Let's go 80 degrees. You don't need him. Thought he would have it up on his screen. Nick Hostetler, 10.30, Bruce Levine at noon. So the Mike Montgomery thing? Yeah. Is uh, is it – do you consider this 
a more serious issue with every passing start. That's three really good in a row. Yes. Okay, a week ago, we touched on it, and our takeaway was it probably should be a conversation, but early June, it's not a conversation. We expect them to be sitting alone in first place pretty soon, especially with the Brewers coming up. But as it continues, I think it has to. And it's not just what Montgomery is doing. It's what Chatwood is doing. And this is not a Darvish decision. This is a Chatwood decision entirely. Can you get that guy fixed? We know you believe he has great stuff. We see it. But if it's going to be a situation where it's a tight division the rest of the way, as games seem to be more important. I, I know if everybody's healthy, he's not in your playoff rotation. Can you continue to throw him out there? Because pretty soon, he's just going to get lit up on one of these days or he's he's just putting everybody on base. And an issue, one of the few issues this team has had consistently throughout the season, starters going deep in games. It is a huge victory if they go six. Like, stop the presses. We got a quality start out of a Cubs starter. And every time he's going out there, how deep can he go? The guy, he struggles to go four or five a lot of the time. And the way you've crushed that bullpen, especially Steve Ciszek, who was out there closing the game yesterday. Yeah. I mean, you need to find some probably Dodger-style DL stints in the second half the way they've overused that bullpen so far. I mean, we're just at, what, the 60-game mark just past that? 100 games left before you even get to the postseason. Yeah, I guess I, I guess there's, if you're Theo Epstein, there's two ways to look at this. And one of them is, is from the Chatwood standpoint. Do we have the time and the inclination, frankly, to make sure that we give him every opportunity to straighten this out throughout the season, not just because we've made the big investment, but because it's early enough where if he does get it figured out and becomes the guy we think he was going to be, then you got yourself, uh, you know, a, a, a serious starting pitcher there. The other side of it is at what point do we start thinking about whether Mike Montgomery, and this is, I'm not I'm not suggesting this is the case right now, okay? So before you text in, just relax. But as a GM, these are the things you have to think about. You think about all contingencies. You think about all possibilities. You think about whether Montgomery is still in the rotation a month from now, depending on health, depending on what's happening. And if he is, and he's still doing what he's doing, is, does he start to become, and again, this may sound crazy at the moment, but does he start to become one of your playoff rotation options? These are things you think about as a general manager. You think about everything down the road. What What if this? What if that? What if this? What if that? Well, what if a month from now he's still doing what he's doing? Yeah. And, you know, Quintana is on and off, and Darvish, who knows with him, and Chatwood is still walking eight guy, eight guys a game. You have to think about, I mean, wait, is it possible, you know, in the back of your mind, you go, is it possible he could be our third starter in the post? Is that even, is that even possible? Is that something we have to consider? It sounds ridiculous right now, but as a GM, you ponder all of these things. You also have to, you also have to know that Joe Madden is quick to the bullpen 
And as you just pointed out, this is a bullpen that's been abused for, you know, for two months. Does he need Montgomery back there? So on and so forth. These are all things that you're taking into consideration, all things that you're thinking about. And many of these things are down the road. But what if, what if, what if? And what if a month from now that's happening? Well, you know, that changes the conversation a little bit. You follow what I'm saying? Absolutely. So much of the regular season is about what is our best rotation? What is it? Is Mike Montgomery one of our five best starters? Is he one of our four best starters when you're talking about the playoffs? Look at what we've done to build this rotation. Okay, we decided... We're going to draft young players, and we've been successful with that. So we've had to make big trades and dish out a lot of cash to put together a starting rotation. Mike Montgomery's making $611,000. You have Montgomery under control for three more seasons. Now that really changes the outlook of your team, and, and you probably want to be in the hunt for one of these big free agents coming up this offseason. That would be a big help instead of just, okay, you're a swing guy. You go here, you go there, you go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Are, you, who, are, are who they you willing mo- at any point to, yeah, ju- who to you just moving? say this Chatwood three for 38? We're not going to get what we thought. Well, you never make a decision until you have to. So, Well, they it, decided on signing Chatwood immediately. <laughs> that, that was, you know. Yeah. Well, that's something they had figured out before. Nobody else obviously. was signing anywhere, and they had to get Chatwood. You never make decisions until you have to. So, I mean, if if what you're talking about is actually getting rid of him, like cutting bait and getting it, that's not something they would do in, I don't think so. until the third year. I mean, there's no, you know, you can, you can DL him. You could, I don't know if he has options left, if you could send him down. You could, um, you can put him in the bullpen. Bull yeah. You can, you could do a lot of different things with him. Or he, just bullpenning, one inning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one inning in the first. Get out. For Mike Montgomery, though, what do you think he thinks when he goes home at night after he pitches a game like that? What do I have to do? Yeah. What do I have to do? I do everything they ask. I was on the mound for the last out of the World Series. Everything. I go, okay, stretch me back out. You did it. I'm performing well again. What else is it going to take? They wisely traded for him as rotation protection for the future and had every intention of making him a part of it. And then they just kept doing all these other things. Just kept <laughs> finding all these other guys, spending money on other guys. We understood the, the Darvish. We understood trading for Quintana last season. The Chatwood is just kind of staring you in the face. And I'm not saying the three for 38 is, is an amount that's going to prevent you from making other moves down the road with a TV contract looming. But there's just a bigger question here as to whether you want to treat Mike Montgomery as not just a starter of the future, but as a starter. And I asked you this last year. I asked you this last year, and here we are a year later. At, at what point do you do you lose a guy? I know it's easy to say, no, just do your job. Just get paid and do your job and do what you're told to do. That's real easy to say. If you're not the guy who's being jerked back and forth like this. But at what point do you, do you risk losing a guy? I thought it would have happened already. And you heard from Mike Montgomery in the offseason. 
that he wasn't really too happy about what was happening. Okay, they, but but to his credit, he's continued to work, and he's continued to say the right things. But he also continues to say, "This is what I want. This is what I want to do." Of course, this is what we all want to do. Which Joe says he likes. Well, you wouldn't want the guy if he didn't want to be. Thank you. If he didn't want to be the best, and yes. if he didn't want to be one of those guys, you wouldn't want him on your team, right? If he were satisfied. With this, you wouldn't want him on your team. Every basketball player, every football player, of I, I want the guys who want the ball. The difference with last year, though, was you were still trying to figure out, okay, can he do that? Have we seen enough that he can? And they needed him in the bullpen a season ago. And that, that was part of his value, why he's so great for this team. Because they needed him out there and he can go back and forth. And when a starter goes down, you could stretch him out and bring him back. With what they have in the pen right now, they're one of the better pens in baseball, and I expect them to add near the trade deadline. Do you need him in that bullpen? I don't know. If you think a guy is a top four starter on your team, you need him in the rotation. If we get to that point. I'm not saying we're there. Yeah, no, I I understand. But as this continues, if it continues, it's a real conversation. You know, look, you, you know what they want to have happen. They want they, to get Chatwood right. Yes. And they want to get Darvish and, they and want healthy. Darvish. Healthy and right. Yes. And they want Quintana to be, you know, good Quintana all the time. Well, uh, you said you don't make a decision until you have to, and you're correct. I don't think they're going to have to make a decision for a while. It doesn't sound like Darvish is coming back this month to me. So he's going to go on a rehab when he does return. Jim Hickey mentioned that the other day. So how hard do you think they're looking for bullpen guys already? Not yet. They're not yet. I don't think so. They're not yet looking. Oh, looking. Yeah. Yeah. With the draft over, I think they're looking close to a deal. Oh no, things things aren't going to. I'm not suggesting a deal necessarily, but you know, I wouldn't rule out early July. Uh, this isn't something that you need to wait until July 31st for because they're going to need some more arms. We've seen Theo do that. He, yeah, these guys are these guys are going to be worn out. And Joe knows it. I mean, it, it doesn't stop him from walking out to the mound and, you know, pointing to one of his arms. But he knows it. He knows He knows what's going on here. And he is trying to get certain guys rest on certain days. Uh, like they, need, a, they need to put away the Brewers. Too. That would help in the last couple months of the year. You create some separation. Yeah, not real worried about that. No, I, I am. I'm not yeah. either. But then you can do what you want with the bullpen. You like those? You like the Dodger use of the DL last year, right? I think you have to use it, don't you? They're going to continue to use guys, you know, send guys back and forth to Iowa. The They're going to do that. The reason the Dodgers were able to do it is because they were so unbelievably deep. That's why they were able to get away with that. Their depth, by the way, seriously tested now. I mean, uh, you have Bueller now out with Bueller. You have Bueller out now with uh, with ribs. Justin Turner's wrist is not right. He's not right. He's hurting. He may wind up on the DL again. Not to mention the other 15 guys who are already hurt. 
Kershaw and Ryu and every I mean you name it I, I, all I, the position players and I hate that entire division. Do you have any idea what's going to happen there? <laughs> any idea? <laughs> kind of think it's going to don't be say the, San Francisco. I kind of think say it's going to be the Giants. No, you laughed at Rick Camp for making a World Series. I bet. know, but I asked you last week. If I need to apologize to the Giants, and you said, no, you're stupid, don't You want to apologize it. to everybody. Yeah, you want to apologize it, to Seattle. I, and, yes, I want to apologize to Seattle. They've whatever. won 40 games, although 20 of them are by one run. They're 20 and 9 in one run. Games. And how does that usually work it out in the second work, half? It doesn't work out well in the second no, half. No, it does not. All right, let's take a break. You can call me stupid off the air. Let's get to a break. When we come back, uh, we'll continue the Cubs conversation. The Rays won yesterday. And uh, <laughs> I want to get to uh, want to get to Carlos Rodon and some other White Sox stuff. Bottom of the hour, Nick Hostetler here on Hit and Run on the Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.